Welcome to Council in 20, casual weekly conversations with Ottawa City Councillors. Three questions, three councillors, 20 minutes. I'm your host, David Schellenberg. Today, again, three councillors from all over Ottawa. Councillor Jean Cloutier from Alta Vista Ward. Hello. Hello, Dave. Matthew Fleury from Rideau Vanier. Hey. And uh, Tim Tierney from Beacon, Here's, Beacon Hill Searville Ward. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> like one day. It's only been several decades, and I still can't <laughs> say that. Uh, topics today, LRT, paratranspo, road congestion. Tim, let's start with you. Uh, um, LRT. So, what's the latest from City Hall on the LRT? Well, there's a lot of stuff happening behind the scenes. I actually had a good meeting this morning, and it will be coming out by the time this podcast comes out. They found some new solutions for our R1 service. I think you've seen we have standby buses uh, that uh, that are at the baseball stadium, which is good news. Uh, but one element that's coming out is Searville Station's probably one of the only stations in our entire uh, spine that doesn't actually have a bus running to it. And we've seen some challenges around that. We've seen when uh, light rail has gone down and the streams of people having to walk 800 meters to a near stop uh, just on off of Servo Road. Uh, that didn't make sense to me. I've had major conversations with the brass at OC Transpo, and good news, they're delivering. If there is any service interruptions, R1 service will stop directly in front of Searville Station now. You don't have to walk anymore. They have a much better defined route to get people around, and we're working on some possible solutions to get people that are in Orleans or Navin area uh, to use Searville Station as their, their point to free up some of the congestion on Blair Station. So I'm very happy that uh, the, the, the brass at OC are listening because they came to me after our transit meeting that was very long and my fellow colleagues that are here with me today expressed many of the similar concerns. They actually are listening and they're just trying to find a better way of making that happen because we still have another four years in the east end of this before stage two is in place. So we have to do better. And and Tim, now what's this talk about the province getting involved with our LRT? What what would we like from the province? Well, I, I did hear about this meeting that took place in the weekend. I, I don't believe OC Transpo staff were at that meeting. Uh, but we have had people, uh, whether it's the governing party with Lisa McLeod come forward saying she would like to help financially or technology-wise as well. Uh, you know, I raised that question at a transit commission meeting. And... Um, of course, I think that there's some outreach going on. Uh, in regards to the individual, uh, I think it was a, a MPP Harden that was mentioning that uh, he would like to express some concern about it too. Uh, I, I don't know where that will go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know much about those kind of comments. And uh, But I am happy that Lisa McLeod did come forward, party in power, uh, that, uh, that did uh, offer help. Uh, whether OC takes him up on it, we'll have to wait and see. I know there's conversations still ongoing. Matthew, how's uh, LRT in your ward? Well, I have three stations. So I have Lee's, U Ottawa, and and Rideau stations. Uh, They're not at the end. So I recognize what Tim was saying uh, as to the pressure points of Blair. Uh, That said, we have had some of the stall trains have been in my area at U Ottawa uh, near that Lee's. There's like an escarpment when you go from Lee's to U Ottawa, and they've had issues there. Um, and then Rideau Station being really busy just by the nature of where it's located mm-hmm. near the Byron Market, Rideau Street, uh, Rideau Center. Um, it seems a bit stabilized. The last couple of days, uh, last couple of weeks, we were worried because we had seen day after day during the peak period um, some delays, some uh, ish, some continued issues, and that really uh, we we lost confidence, if you will, but. It seems now it's turned around. It seems like the R1 with the 20 buses right. is a stabilization agent. Uh, for me, could the province help? 
Absolutely. You know what they could help? They can make transit more affordable by providing more dollars operationally. That's That would be you know what we want. We're seeing the government of Quebec really investing in their cities and their in transit in their cities. And when you look at the Ontario situation, uh, the government loves to give money to buy new buses, new capital elements, but they're not at the table to help us alleviate and make transit more affordable. So just lower the price of individuals taking transit? It costs us uh, close to $600 million a year to operate OC Transpo. And for us, it's the local taxpayer base that pays for it. Half comes from the property tax, half comes from the user fee. So imagine if, as part of the 300 and so million dollars coming from the user fee, we were to receive a few million dollars to lower those, uh, lower those fees or stabilize those fees. I think everyone around the table would, would be in favor of that. That's the way the province can really help us locally. In terms of the technology and the issues around the LRT, let the local team, the local leadership team, take that on. Yeah. Jean, an Alta Vista Award? How's it going? Alta Vista Award, we have Herdman Station, which is a major transfer point uh, for, for many people going uh, into Alta Vista and further, further south. I agree with Matt that says, uh, technologically, I don't know what the province can offer. From a money point of view, I hope that, the, that we can get this government to, uh, to signal their, um, their funding of Phase 3 LRT because, as you know, we're building Phase 2 mm-hmm. and we are looking to Phase 3. And it's important that we not take our eye off the long-term ball of making um, transit in our, in our city um, better for, for people in the west and, and further south in the east and further south. Uh, further in the uh, in the east and further south, with respect to the service, absolutely we need to we need to improve the reliability of the LRT. Many people rely on it; it's the spine of the system, and we need to reduce the instances of uh, LRT uh, disruptions. And we've been trending in that direction. Mm-hmm. The other thing we need to focus on is making sure that when it happens, because it will happen, that communication is effective, that we roll out an efficient R one system, that we continue. To to make the system safer. We see that with the straps we see that are being installed, uh, lessening um, the slippery uh, tiles at, uh, at some of the downtown stations, and an improvement of platforms at Blair, at Tunney's, and in my ward at, at Herdman. We've improved the platform there, and, and, and that's important uh, as we move forward, because we do need to regain the trust that that people who use a transit in Ottawa, that they know that the LRT will be there so that they complete their journey. Uh, and just to add, uh, while we have this conversation about the provincial, I slipped my mind. Uh, the Federation of Canadian Municipalities was in town last week, and I had a great opportunity to speak to the leaders of, uh, of the parties. Uh, Jagmeet Singh, uh, excellent gentleman, uh, fully committed to transit. Uh, our Prime Minister, uh, Justin Trudeau, and, and Christopher Freeland, very committed to more investment in transit as well. I unfortunately only spoke to Eric Duncan uh, of the Conservative Party, but seems very uh, engaged on public transit as well. So from a a federal point of view, there seems to be a lot of, yes, we want to move forward. And I guess we'll have to wait and see what happens at the provincial side. You know, Tim, when we're talking about uh, the environment, when we're talking about economic development, when we're talking about cities and we're talking about mobility, uh, transit is at is, is involved in all of those things. And so we, we have to continue to invest in it. We have to make it reliable, efficient, affordable, and accessible for, for all the residents in our community. The R1 buses, so as I understand it, there's now 20 buses that are going to be on standby like 
all day, every day? Like, how, how do these buses it, work? Well, at let's, morning and afternoon peaks, I yeah, think. Peaks. Yeah, and uh, let's, let's be honest as to why that's in place. That's in place because there was no reliability for our peak users right. uh, based with system issues. So that is an amount that we will pursue from RTG based on uh, the contract agreement. So it's not just we're, we're putting 20 buses here and there. It's because there were issues around reliability. Uh, we've mitigated with uh, a costly approach, but we have to do it to ensure transit works in our city. And uh, we'll be recouping that uh, from RTG if if they're able before the end of the year to prove that the system works and uh, brings stability. I think we'll all be comfortable uh, moving on to the next phase of that. But just just so we understand, so it's it's twenty buses that are just sitting and waiting for something to go wrong. Well, before you know, the LRT is is becoming is trending well, and and the instances of disruption are reducing, and, and that's good. We have to get that as close to zero as possible. In the interim, what was happening is when the LRT would break down, and we'd had to institute our one service those buses would be pulled from routes. Mm-hmm. And at, at uh, Searville and Blair and at uh, Lees uh, and at Herdman, there are other buses that are there that would take people into their neighborhoods, uh, the 44, the 46 in my ward and, and in other wards. And we would pull buses from those routes to complement to, to complement the LRT. They would become R1s. Mm-hmm. That's very disruptive for our, for our residents. Those services need to continue. And so these 20 buses will be brought in to supplement just the train without disrupting the local service. I actually heard the best analogy this morning, and I'm going to be using it, uh, is, you know, uh, when you see uh, people that work for our fire service, you know, they sit in the firehouse during the day. You never want them to go out, yeah. but they're there. That is their role. And I think having a defined uh, plan B system in place like this is the way to go. Think about this. You're a uh, bus-only user. You don't need to get onto the LRT. For example, Tim and I, we share a bus route, the 12th. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our riders come from our community and get to work downtown. When the LRT was not doing well, uh, they would take a peak bus off the 12th send it to Saint Laurent to pick up those who were on the LRT and and make that R1 route. Well, then we're just impacting another rider group. So the R1 removes that pressure. Uh, Expanding a little bit on Paratranspo. So, Jean, new booking system now for Paratranspo. New booking system. On September 13th, we announced that there would be a new interim booking system that will come online in early 2020 and a full new app for the users of Paratranspo that would come online by the end of 2020. Absolutely. We have $1.5 million set aside in the budget for that. Mm-hmm. And it is unacceptable that para-customers para have to wait. While the average is approximately 35 minutes, even that in this day and age is, is a long time. And those that have to wait at certain times, two and three hours, to get their booking is just simply unacceptable. We have to do better for our customers. That's the intention. So on behalf of us who don't know, how, how does the current system work and then how will the new system work? current system is just the 30-second Coles note. Approximately 50% of a pair of transpo rides are uh, contract rides or uh, regular bookings. They're regular bookings oh, right. of people who go to, to school, to work, to an appointment. Same time on every a reg- day. Same time every day yeah. or weekly basis. Boom. The other 50%, approximately 50%, are booked the day before at approximately 7 o'clock the day before. If tomorrow you're a paratranspo customer, you have a doctor's appointment, that's mm-hmm. a, an irregular doctor's appointment, 
you would book this morning at seven o'clock to 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 get that ride for and tomorrow. For tomorrow, right. and that is where there is a very long waiting time. That's what we want to reduce. Okay. So how will the new system reduce that? The new system, the interim system, will be by email. People will be able to to log in and send and send a, a request to Paratranspo, mm-hmm. and that that response will come via email. The long term solution, which takes a little bit longer to develop it, to develop and will be online by the end of 2020, will be a full app that will be on phones or online so that people can book and, and interact and, and much like the, the connectivity that we see now when we right. book other, other items in yeah, this yeah. day and age. And the other thing that is important to remember is that almost 100% of those rides are filled by, by paratransport. We had over a million rides last year and uh, only... Very few were were, mm-hmm. were OC transport not a pair transport not able to fill, but we have to do it more efficiently. So, isn't is the concern concern with the app and why we haven't done it sooner is just not everybody has apps. You're absolutely right, and there was a commitment, and that question t- did came, come up at transit committee. Uh, we have to make sure that there is a certain portion that are, are uh, of the rides of the uh, capacity of pair transport that is available for people who will still want to use the phone, and we will absolutely ensure that. We have to understand where the legacy of the phone came from. The lines used to turn on, uh, and then it was first come, first serve. You had, you had a small window until everything was booked. Uh, that's over the last few years has opened up, although the legacy and the myth still continues. The app will change, change to a customer-centric environment where not only will you be able to book, as Jean described, but you'll also be able to get a, a notification when the driver's let's say five minutes away, mm. a bit like an Uber app uh, mm. of this environment. So for us, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good, it's an important step. The use of technology is it's not foreign to us. People are asking for it. So the time has come. Yeah. And, and just to follow up, I've been on transit for nine years since I got first elected in 2010. And uh, I've watched this. There was the appetite wasn't there. They honestly did want to do this several, several years ago. Uh, but the committee that was struck at the time to evaluate it uh, didn't want to move ahead. I, I think there was nervousness at the time. Uh, but again, uh, I remind people, I've, I don't go to a bank teller. I don't go to a travel agent. Uh, we're at the point now of acceptance. And I think the real benefit people see is uh, they understand that there's going to be windows. Uh, it's one thing to say there's a two-hour window, but to sit in your front window of your house waiting to see if that bus is going to pull up is one thing. But if you can go around your house and make yourself a meal, do whatever you want, and like Uber, see when that pair of buses come into your neighborhood, uh, people people understand that. Uh, and so we're at that point uh, of acceptance and the community itself that uses it wanting to go ahead with it. It's the expectation of our customers. That's and, right. And you're absolutely right. And, and all that functionality is, is what we want to find in the app. Uh, and last topic for today, road congestion. Matt, let's uh, start with you on this one. Are, are there too many cars on the roads, and could something like tolls be a way to reduce that? Well, we've seemed to have had this conversation ongoing for years. Um, I think our focus needs to be on the first point, which is let's continue to invest in transit. Let's continue to focus on winter ops. Let's continue to make uh, the barriers uh, to walking and cycling uh, more focused and more in, that we invest in those strategically. If, if you plan to use your car, the one thing you want is for your neighbor not to have to use their car. 
because if if one day everyone took their car to work, you would see how truly congested our city is. So right. from my from my mindset, um, could we get at a congestion a congestion environment, perhaps? But I think there's a lot of steps that we need to take. Um, to make all of the other modes more friendly, more accessible, more affordable. That said, you know, we're often, we often trip up on ourselves. I see the 417 expanding. And as the 417 expands, we have not learned the models from L.A., who used to be a four-lane highway and now is a 12-lane highway, and those 12 lanes are congested. So if we want to continue to, to replicate models that don't work, we can continue to expand lanes. If not... Well, we, we have to make bus priority lanes. We have to invest in, uh, in various strategies. John, what do you think? Councillor Chernyshenko brought forward, wanted to bring forward a pilot project a couple of years ago. It was defeated by council. That would have looked at uh, congestion pricing and tools that, that might have reduced congestion. Certainly they have it in, in, uh, in other places. There are tolls and, and uh, days of the um, certain periods when um, certain licensed cars can access the downtown. We see that in London, England, I think. Um, certainly congestion is an issue. I absolutely agree with Matt that the, the solution, there will always be people who need their cars because of their work, because of their origin or destination, because of mobility, because of uh, age, health, a variety of reasons. We have to make it easier and more accessible for others who can bike to be able to bike safely, who can walk to walk safely by, by clearing roads, and who can use transit um, to, to have an efficient and effective transit system. That's the secret to, mm-hmm. to reduce congestion in our downtown. Tim, I guess you get the last word. Oh, great. Wonderful. Better be good. It's good. Uh, so, no, I don't support toll roads. Uh, first of all, you know, we've just taken a whole bunch of buses out of our downtown area. And I tell you, I actually enjoy looking out the window and not seeing lineups of buses that are polluting and running all the time. This is a very good news story for the downtown area. It also allows us to do more in the way of pedestrian, cycling, and all those great things we want to do in the downtown area. Um, I think parking rates are probably where, you know, if, if you're looking at uh, asking people not to drive downtown, I think the market itself is probably going to dictate that. Uh, there's a lot of people that do want to park downtown, uh, but the rates are going up. Uh, even here at City Hall, they've gone up. Uh, so th- I think people, when they see, especially Stage 2 light rail, I'm very excited about it. We have the highest modal split in the city in the east end of the city. I always mm-hmm. like to brag about that. And when we get Stage 2 light rail in place, going all the way to Trim Road, I think you're going to see a lot of people, even if they typically would park, they would go, wow, I'm just going to go to the park and ride right here and get on the train and get off the train in a warm, uh, very fast environment that has access to cellular service on that train. Um, I, I think uh, I prefer to use the carrot versus the stick approach. I'm not, uh, I don't like punitive measures. I prefer uh, educating instead of legislating, and uh, that's why I'm, I'm dead against any kind of toll roads. There you go. All right, gentlemen. Thank you. That's uh, Tim Tierney from Beacon Hill, Searville. Yay. <laughs> Matthew Fleury from Rideau Vanier and Jean Cloutier from Alta Vista. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm your host, David Schellenberg. Tune in next Monday for more Council in 20.